This morning we are really, we're finalizing and finishing this, this study, this focus on um, the global stuff. Global Christians and a global church, a global focused church is what we're after. And, and at the end of the service today, if you've been here the past number of weeks, you know this is coming, um, but we will be taking our final offering for what we've called our Uzbekistan Missionary Project. And uh, just to fill everybody in on that, if you haven't been with us the past few weeks, um, our church family is part of sending a missionary team to the country of Uzbekistan. It's a country just north of Afghanistan and has been completely closed to Westerners until very, very recently. And so some of the first missionaries ever are going into Uzbekistan this coming fall, and we are a part of kind of sending that team uh, uh, there. And, and, and just to give you an update, our goal, it's been this three-tiered goal that we've had financially to do this. Um, $15,000 was kind of the base goal because we wanted to get them set up with this business that they're doing. That's how they're getting into the country. Um, $30,000 like pays for their business for the entire first year with some things. And then $50,000 was like all in, just um, really getting them completely set up um, to just be able to go in and do what God has called them to do. And we just presented this opportunity to our church family, to you, um, two weeks ago, and just said, let's be a part of something amazing that's happening around the world. And we just like opened that up. And the first week we had a little over $11,000 come in, but last week we had over 20 grand come in, last week alone. And so after two weeks... After two weeks, we're sitting at a little over $32,000 for that missions project. That's kind of our global project, a massive thing for the year that we're looking to do. And so at the end of the service today, we'll be taking just our final offering for that. Uh, and if you're here and you're like, man, all they do is take offerings and all this type of stuff, this is like a special thing for us, I promise. And, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a, just a big deal. So, all right, enough of that. Let's get to what we have for today. Um, I want to ask you to stand with me all over this place, and we're just going to start uh, this part of our service just by praying together and really just inviting, inviting God into this moment right here. And so let's just pray. Uh, God, we, we just kind of take a deep breath and just invite you, Holy Spirit, into this moment. Um, we pray that, that your, your very word would move in us and through us and change things. And God, we want, we want your heart to be our heart we want to be moved by you and to go out and live our lives um, in a way that's different than the rest of this world. And so, God, we just pray for something so significant to take place even over the next few minutes. We give this to you. And God, help me. Uh, use me, God. But we, we don't want my ideas and my creativity, God, or that stuff. We really want to hear from you today. And so, Lord, that's our prayer. And so we give this to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Give somebody a high five and have a seat. <clears throat> All right, calm down. I know it's nice outside. Uh, as, as we were praying uh, and talking about the direction to take this third week, and if you haven't been here, we've had um, some, a, a number of guest speakers here over the past few weeks. Missionary Anne, two weeks ago, that was just an incredible experience for those of us who were there. 
uh, and uh, just she shared her crazy story of living as a missionary, you know, in the Middle East for a long time here, and what God has done and is doing. Last week, we kind of heard from a mission specialist um, who is doing some incredible things for God around the world from the angle of raising funds, uh, and so. This has really just been a, a series about awareness, uh, about us understanding some things and looking at things from a little bit of a different mindset. But the question that, that kind of came up this week is, like, what does it look like for this global idea not to just be a month-long focus, but to actually become a lifestyle, like, like a priority for us as individual Christians, but also a focus and a priority for us as a church all the time, every single day. It's great for us to have missionaries come in, and it's great for us to hear what God is doing around the world, but the idea and what I want to kind of portray to you today is just this global mindset should not just be a seasonal thing in the lives of Christians. And this is not just something that some people are called to do and others are not, okay? This is a massively big deal when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. We need to live our lives with all of this in mind. And and I, don't, and I don't take like a view of poverty saying that as American Christians we need to give everything that we have all the time, but, I, but it's just this idea of living in a way where our lives are a part of bringing the kingdom of God to, uh, to people locally, but also to people around the world. And that is just who we are. And, and so we've heard stories and all this type of stuff, but today is really just about kind of bursting the bubble that we live in. Uh, and I'll explain that this way. I went to college a number of years ago now because um, I'm old. Anyone feeling old? I, I was just tell, I was telling somebody before the service, I, I still try to play basketball like twice a week and it's kind of staggered uh, in there. And it takes me two to three days now for my body to recover. And so what I'm telling you is all the time, I'm in recovery, okay? Does anyone else know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm getting old, but um, I went to college a number of years ago, downtown inner city Minneapolis uh, is where I went to a Bible college called North Central University. It's about six or seven blocks from where the Metrodome, at that point it was the Metrodome, used to be there, right down Chicago Avenue, uh, in and Elliott Park is right there. And for most people, when you talk about that area, they, they, would, they would say that's not a very safe place to live, that's not a safe place to be, a lot of crime that's happening right there, a lot of stuff, okay, and all of this. But we had a saying that we used to say as, as Bible college students that we actually lived in the NCU bubble. Is what okay? Right in the middle of all of that, we lived in uh, maybe five, six, seven block radius. We had um, security that was there all the time, and there was almost never any crime or any issues that seemed to really happen on our North Central campus, even though we were in the midst of an absolute mess. I, I lived a little bit outside of it for a couple years, and just a block away, and my car got broken into twice. Okay, A block from there almost never happened in the bubble, but outside it happened all the time everywhere you look. Okay, This was the reality of where we lived, and for many of us, our life here in America is, is like we live in this bubble. And in a way, we are so um, 
unaware of, of so much of what is happening in our world, and even the stuff that we do hear about through Fox News or CNN is kind of skewed. Uh, you know that a little bit, right? Don't you? You're like, I can't believe you said that about Fox News. I love Fox News. Okay, I'm going to forget about it. Okay, but, but seriously, um, everything that we hear is just a little bit skewed. We live in a bubble here, unaware of so much of what is happening around the world. Uh, in the past two weeks, is just about like this is just about bringing awareness and understanding to the part of the world that we are not in uh, and understanding our role and our responsibility as Christians right here. Okay, so today is really like, it's like we're putting the cap on this series of messages. Like we're creating a culture that is global, not just certain months, but like, a, like deep down in who we are. And I want to start this entire thing. Uh, man, this has been a long introduction. I apologize. But I want to start this with sort of a statement that we're going to be talking about and kind of fleshing out as this day goes on. Um, and so here's the statement. Write this down if you're taking notes, and it's a little bit long, so I'll, um, you have to hurry as you write this, okay? God is a global God who has given his people a global mission with the end goal being every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language worshiping him together, okay? God is a global God, and I'm going to show you this and all of this scripturally, a global God who has given his people a global mission, and the end game here, the end goal of this all is that every tribe, every nation, every people, and every language would be worshiping God all together, okay? Uh, and so I want to show you this scripturally. First, God is a global God. Understand this. God has been and always will be a global God. I don't know if you know this, but the world is bigger than America, okay? And that God has created people more than just Americans. God created everybody. Every single person and every person in our world, the seven point whatever billion people that are in our world, a fraction of which live in America, all were created by God in God's image. Okay, um, and I want to show you this in the Bible because the Bible is a global book and it's everyone, it's all nations, it's all people. You see this over and over again. Let me take you on a little bit of a journey. Genesis chapter 12, this is way back in the beginning of the Bible. This is a promise that God makes to Abraham, um, which is really the beginning of the, the Jewish people. It says, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, your father's household to the land I will show you. And I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Okay, it's talking to this man. But we have all people on earth. Uh, all the people will be blessed through you. And we see this language, all people, all nations, over and over again. We see this in the story of Moses. Just a few hundred years later, God gives Moses direction to go to Pharaoh and to be a part of the liberation of the Jewish people out of, out of Egypt and they're in slavery and all of that type of stuff. And God says to Moses, he says, I have raised you up for this very purpose that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Understand the Exodus story, freeing all these people from slavery. It's 
absolutely about freeing the Hebrew people, the Jewish people from slavery, but it's also about something bigger than that. It's about God's name being proclaimed throughout the entire earth is the wording that we have. The book of Psalms, which is these songs and poems, a beautiful book of the Bible that we have right in the middle of our Bible. We see themes of all the earth and the nations all throughout. Psalms 46, he says, be still and know that I am God. People like to quote that verse as this beautiful verse. And then it goes on and says, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Among the nations, in all the earth, all people. Jesus then begins to use this same kind of language over and over again, whole world kind of language. Matthew chapter 24, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. Jesus lived in an area of about 50, 60, 70 miles and never really went out of that area his entire life, okay? Understand that, but his teaching was so much about the entire world, all the world, all nations, and the end, then the end will come. And then probably the most famous verse in the entire Bible, John 3, 16, some of you can say it, many of us can say it out like from memory, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world. Understand, when we read the Bible, and I, and I had to delete, I, for the sake of time, I like got rid of a whole bunch of the Bible passages that I originally had planned to just go wham, 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 wham. Okay, When we read the Bible, we read of a God who created all people in his image, and a God who, a God who is for all people. All the time. Like this just seems to be uh, like a God who sent his son to die for all. We read of a God who deeply cares for all people and all nations. God is a global God. And not only is he a global God, but God has given his people a global mission. Let me show you this. Okay, a mission that is absolutely about the people around us here in Sox Center and Melrose and Long Prairie, 100%. Like, I'm not saying that's not, a, that, that is reality, okay? But also a globally focused mission as Christians for his people. We see this in the final words of Jesus. Uh, recorded in multiple places in the Bible. Let me show you three of them. Matthew chapter 19, Jesus says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Some of the last words out of the mouth of Jesus to his followers, make disciples of all nations. These are people who have not been out of the little area that they lived in their whole life. And Jesus says, all nations to these people. Mark chapter 16, go into all the world. He's saying the kind of the same story here in a different way. Go into all the world and preach the gospel all the world, global focus, global mission. Acts 1.8, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's like where they lived. Judea, the little region, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Over and over and over again, globally focused. And not only globally focused, it says Jerusalem right there, which is like saying Sock Center or Minneapolis, okay? But understand the ends of the earth, God is a global God who has given his people a global mission. Don't miss that. Don't miss, like, let, let's, not be, let's not be Christians who miss the very heart, biblically, of who God is and what he is after here. A global God with, with a global mission for his people. And then we get to the end of the story, the final book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, which is really tells the story of what is to come. It's like this prophetic, amazing book, um, confusing at times, but incredible, uh, of, of what is to come in the future 
and we're given the end goal of it all. And this shows up multiple places in the book of Revelation, but I'll just read you one of them. Revelation chapter 7. Um, this is a man named John who walked and talked with Jesus, a disciple, apostle of Jesus, and way at the end of his life, he's like in his 80s on an island all by himself, and he has this incredible supernatural experience where God shows him this vision, angel type of thing, and he writes down everything he saw. And here's what he says. It says, After this I looked... And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, people everywhere, from every nation, every tribe, every people and language, standing before the throne and, the, and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is how it ends. This is what's coming. All nations, all tribes, all languages gathered together around the throne of God worshiping him. This is the end goal of the Bible. This is, this is what everything leads up to. We have the global God and we have the global mission and this is kind of where everything ends. This is what it all comes to where everyone is gathered together okay, to worship to worship God. Every nation, every color, every whatever, okay, all of that together right there. And, and here's where we're, like, we're back to where we started. We have a global God who has given his people a global mission with the goal of every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every, like worshiping him together. We saw that, okay? In the past three weeks, like this has been about, it's been about awareness, it's been about us as Christians, like American Christians, understanding, understanding what's going on around the world, but also understanding biblically where we fit into all, understanding and remembering that there are missionaries right now who are living in crazy difficult places around the world, doing incredibly difficult work that, that's happening all over the world right now. Um, there are things happening around the world that we hear almost nothing about. And hear me out on this, this right here. We've been hearing all sorts of things about Ukraine, right? You've been watching the news, okay? Russia, Ukraine, and, and, and I don't mean to downplay that situation at all. In fact, it is a mess and it needs help and all of that type of stuff. It needs to be addressed. The reality of the situation of our world right now, though, is that almost exact same thing has been happening throughout the years all over the place. We just don't hear about it. The latest statistics that I, that I have found say that 6.5 million people in Ukraine have been displaced. 6.5 million. That's crazy, isn't it? Displaced just means they no longer are in their home. 3.3 million have, are out of the country of that. 3.3 million. But listen to this. As, the middle, as of the middle of 2021, pre-Ukraine, the current numbers tell us that 84 million people worldwide are in the same situation. 84 million, an estimated 35 million of those are children in our world right now. The largest group being from the, from the country of Syria, um, almost 7 million people have been forced out of that country and are living in refugee camps. Okay, Over the past three years alone, over a million children have been born in refugee camps. 
like tense, nasty situations because they've been forced out of their home. That's where they've been born. Like we don't hear about this stuff, do we? I don't, and, I, and again, I don't mean to downplay anything that's happened in Ukraine. I'm, I'm happy that we are becoming aware of that situation. But think about this. That is like a tenth of, of a much bigger issue in our world that we're dealing with here. Uh, we don't hear much about the water crisis that is currently in our world. In, in our world right now, 2.2 billion people do not have access to clean water. 2.2 billion. That is somewhere, that's right between one out of three and one out of four people in our world. Don't have access to clean water. Like, we, we walk to the sink and turn on this magic lever and have clean water at our disposal all the time. Uh, more than likely, you have never gotten sick because of the water that is coming out of your faucet. And the reality is people are dying all over the world simply because they just don't have water. I've been to places and watched, I've watched as, as women and children are filling their water buckets out of nasty, nasty lakes and different things, and this is what they drink, okay? Like, it is just the reality of people around the world. Last year alone, over 2.3 billion people in our world lacked year-round access to food. 2.3 billion. We, we have hunger here in Stearns County, and I don't mean to say that we don't in any sort of way, but like, let me just say for a moment, it's not quite the same. It's not quite the same. And, and no matter where, where a child is in our world that is hungry, like something needs to happen, but people are dying worldwide because they just don't even have food. Half the world right now lacks access to essential medical care. We're having fun together, aren't we? I know, I, I'm with you. That's not 50 years ago, that's right now. That's not people dealing with outrageous healthcare costs and insurance problems, okay? This is people who have zero options. One of the biggest killers in our world right now is malaria. You and I get malaria, we take a little pill. Like, like think, like understand some of the things that we don't, we don't think about. Um, over 40 million people worldwide are victims of modern day slavery whether that's child forced labor, labor stuff, human beings who are owned by another person or those being exploited in the sex industry, one out of 200 in our world is still living in some sort of slavery. One out of 200. And the list goes on. We could talk about orphans and AIDS and poverty in different ways, education. While we go about our life here in America, watching our kids play sports, okay, and taking them to school, and we sit around the table with them and they whine about what we feed them for supper. Do you know, you, like, you understand what I'm going, talking about here. We, we drive in our cars and go home to our climate-controlled homes and understand right here, this, is, this should not be a situation where we feel guilty for what we have. But understand awareness about what is happening around the world, okay? Just understand much of the world is living in an absolute mess, and where, where we fight for our freedom as Americans in different ways, there's people who have no idea what freedom even looks like. And that is their situation in so much. Why do I bring any of this up? Understand, all of this is the direct result of sin in our world. It's sin. This is not the way God intended things to be. This is not the way God created things to be. Sin, sin is like junked up our world. It truly has. And part of our global mission as the people of God is to fight the effects of sin in our world. That is all about awareness. 
It's about us understanding something that we did not know and becoming aware of some of that stuff, okay? It's about understanding, but here's also what I know about awareness. Awareness leads to one of two things, apathy or action. And the truth of the situation is that we actually do get to choose which direction we go on some of this. The word apathy, like you know what that means. Like it means, dictionary definition, a lack of feeling or emotion. We live in a world of information, don't we? Where you turn on your little social media device and wham, bam, you get all sorts of junk all day long, every day. So much information, too much information. And as Americans, we have began and begun to train ourselves to hear about things and just sort of continue on with our lives, haven't we? It's the way that we work. And this is the situation right here, right now. This is where all of this comes into play because it is so ridiculously easy for us to hear statistics, uh, all of this type of stuff, and say, oh man, that's awful. And you can feel the groans and oh, that hurts my heart and all this type. We hear things from the Bible, we see the need, and we're faced with even the responsibility and the global God and all this. And the natural, easy response, I'm telling you, to a message like this is complete apathy. It's apathy. That is, we do nothing. We feel some stuff on the inside. Oh, that's sad. I can't believe that's happening. Someone should do that. But we leave unchanged, and the awareness has actually just led to apathy. But I'm telling you, there are some people, there's some people who, where, where this stuff is different, where like the awareness brings action into people's lives and we hear about the we hear about a global god and we hear the global mission and and we hear about the effects of sin in our world and we are moved to action but really quickly just kind of as we finished i want to i want to ask a question what does action in this type of stuff look like what does it look like to take action when it comes to a global God with a global mission and we hear about all sorts of global needs? What does that look like? And, and I could stand up here and give you some thoughts and throw some things out, but here's, what, here's where I just felt like God was leading. In fact, I had a whole list. I had like a list and we were going to go through different bullet points and different things. And last night I like select all, deleted it all and just felt and just felt like God was, God was kind of pointing me and pointing us in a little bit of a different direction. And so today, I just feel led to say, this is a question that we as Christians should be wrestling with all the time. We, we should be wrestling with this. It's a question for us to pray over as American Christians all the time. It's a question for us to be thinking about over and over again and to talk about amongst ourselves or with leaders to ask others about. This is a question right here that as Christians should guide much of our lives. Is how do we respond to the global need when we have a global God with a global mission? And we wrestle with this and different things may surface and we ask questions and we hear about missionary stuff in Uzbekistan and we feel moved in that moment and we give and we hear about something somewhere and we, and we are moved to pray. But it's always on our mind of the global God and a global mission and global needs and we've got to, this needs to be wrestled, that tension you we should, we should feel that all the time. This is not giving in an offering and checking a box and now we move on. This is dealing with the tension of this stuff every moment of like, like all the time. 
And we strategically set up things in our lives to keep the global mission of God in front, front and center. And we pray for missionaries. And I mean, the list goes all over. But understand, we serve a global God who has given his people a global mission. And there's a global need. And understand the end goal of this all is that every nation, every tribe, every people, every tongue would gather together to worship God. Music team, will you please come? As we wrestle with this stuff, questions that arise, and many of us ask these type of questions is, is giving our money helping even? Is going on a mission trip even beneficial? Is all, and we ask these type of questions all the time, great questions to be asking. We should ask that stuff all, like we, we should, but listen to me, if our questions like that lead us to an end result of doing nothing, then we have actually, like, absolutely missed the mark here. I believe, I believe that, that as Christians, we have a responsibility to the global mission that God has given us. And we don't, and we don't throw things away locally. We don't, like, that's not what this means. It has to be both. It's not either or. Do we help Sox Center or do we help Uzbekistan? Well, come on. That, that shouldn't be the question. As Christians, we are here to, to be on mission for what God has asked us to be. And that are, there are hurting people down your street that need, your, that need you. They need a Christian. They need someone to speak life into their lives. There are people at your workplace that desperately need to hear about the love of God and their situation. Don't miss, don't, don't miss what I feel God is asking us as Christians to be. And that is aware of so much more that's so much bigger than we could ever even understand and imagine. In a moment, we're just going to take some time to kind of pray together um, and just ask God to really, to really help us in some of this stuff. And my prayer over the past couple years now has been just God don't don't let me forget because what I have found is the global part of our lives as Christians for me it leaks that's a weird way to say it but like if I'm not careful I fall into the regular old American routine of this is all I see and this is all I know the question I ask myself is what it, what does it look like for for the global mission of God to remain central to my thoughts and my life? And what are the things that I need to put in place in my life to continue to make that happen? And that's what I feel today God is asking me to leave you with. And, and my prayer is that you would wrestle with that, that you would feel that tension and that you would spend time thinking and talking and praying about what it looks like for you to, in a way, make a transition in your life that bursts the little bubble that we live in. Before we go, um, I do want to just give people an opportunity to respond to the message of Jesus, maybe even for the very first time. And so just with, with no one looking around, just another moment, but maybe you're here today and you and you know that you are not right with God, 
See, see, every single one of us, we are all sinners and we are all in need of someone to come and in a way save us. That's the words from the Bible. That's why God sent Jesus to die for you. And if we, if we put our trust in him, if we put our faith in Jesus and what he has done, okay, there is forgiveness, there is grace, there is mercy, there's this beautiful relationship with a God who loves us. Uh, and for someone in this place today, you needed to hear that. And with no one looking around, and just for a moment here, if you're here today and you would say, uh, I have never responded to the message of Jesus, personally responded, and I want to do that today. If that's you, just quickly show me your hand. Just show me your hand. If you're online, you're watching behind a screen right now, you can respond to this as well. I'm not asking you if you were baptized or confirmed or that stuff. Like, like this is this personal decision and who in this place would just say, today is my day, and I want to make that decision. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anybody else? Just a moment longer. All right, church, let's just say a prayer together. The, the, these aren't magic words. It doesn't work like that. It's a heart thing. But let's just pray this together. Pray, Father God, I give you my life. Thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. Forgive me of my sins and change my life. In your name I pray. Amen, amen. Come on, can we put our hands together? Let's just celebrate that moment. All right, may you walk out these doors today with a different understanding and an awareness that leads you to action. Come on, let's wrestle with this stuff together. Thanks so much for coming today. You are dismissed.